1: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn.
0: I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon.
1: We recap the second full day of activities here on the ground in Arizona in advance of Michigan's college football playoff matchup with TCU. We've got interviews with players and coaches to break down and discuss coming up here on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here late night, Wednesday, December 28th, late in the night here in, in Arizona time, even later, but still Wednesday, uh in in Michigan Eastern Time. Uh so yeah, we've got another day in the books here. More interviews with Michigan and TCU players and coaches. And you know, we got the TCU offensive players and the Michigan defensive players today. So, Ryan, I know you wrote a story on MLive.com slash Wolverines about, you know, that matchup and specifically how Michigan, you know, might might try to defend TCU's passing attack led by Heisman runner up Max Duggan, Quentin Johnston and some other talented players. Tell us kind of what you learned and, and maybe what to expect in that matchup on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was really trying to pry some of uh, Michigan's defensive backs and and even uh, even their coaches to try and give a little bit of insight into what type of scheme they're going to run and how to defend this TCU offense because it is it is a little bit different than they face. I mean, there's they were talking about how there, there's there, there's a little bit of Ohio State in there, a little bit of Purdue, a little bit of Indiana, um, kind of all mixed into one. But yeah, it is is mostly an air raid um, and and led by a, a dominant quarterback in Max Duggan and uh, a really explosive receiver, and Quentin Johnston, who who will probably be the top receiver off the board in the 2023 NFL draft. Um, But, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what – I mean, this is also probably the best defense TCU has faced all year, too. And it's – I mean, yeah, like, just like we talked about yesterday on the other side of the ball, it's going to be different. It's going to be an intriguing matchup because of the contrasting styles um, it, I'm going to be watching Quentin Johnson a lot because I mean, this guy, uh, six foot four speed, good route runner, um, great on 50, 50 balls. And I mean, DJ Turner has covered the opponent's top receiver the most this year, but I mean, Will Johnson has also come on in recent weeks and has played very well, had two interceptions against, uh, Purdue. One of them was against Charlie Jones, the big tens leading receiver, the second, uh, number two receiver in the entire nation uh, had a great interception kind of undercutting a route and, and great job turning his head around and, and getting a beat on the ball in, in that game. So that, that'll be interesting to see, but I think, I don't think it's going to be a one-man job. I think they're going to try and steam up a few things, um, give, give, uh, give the corner some safety help because yeah, I mean, these, some of these receivers are uh big explosive weapons that the TCU has at their disposal.
0: That was a conversation we had earlier today, too, like the, on our Facebook Live, on, on the MLive Facebook page, just in terms of like how Michigan is going to match up. I mean, which DBs are they going to put on, on which receivers? And I think from a b- whole body of work, D.J. Turner probably deserves the, the spot or the, the opportunity. But as you said, he's a little bit undersized. I mean, he's listed at 6 feet, but I think he's probably closer to 5'11", whereas Will Johnson's got a little bit more of a um, height advantage there. Um, but he's a true freshman. you know do you trust the true freshman in this situation on this stage um he's been playing very well lately i mean he played really well in the big Ten championship game so maybe maybe it doesn't matter maybe he's able to han- handle it but uh that's certainly going to be interesting to watch in terms of how how Michigan you know who they who they match up and, and how that how that looks
2: I think it's going to be another good test for mike Sanders still too at the nickel spot uh against slot receiver uh Tate Barber I mean this is another guy who ranks top 40 nationally in yards per catch. Uh, has over 500 yards receiving a uh, nice little compliment to Johnson too. And, and you can't forget about the running game. And we've talked about this a lot over the past month, but uh, this, this TCU team can run the ball as well. And not just with their, with the running back, but also Max Duncan. I mean, this guy's going extent, plays, I think better than anyone Michigan has faced all year and also has the accuracy and arm to, to throw that, that good deep ball that can help TCU store points in a hurry.
1: Yeah, I, I think sometimes these individual matchups can get a little bit overstated in football. I mean, football especially—it's it, a team game. It's eleven on eleven out there, and you know, a lot can be negated, of course, by by Michigan's pass rush rush, and that that'll be so key to this game. One little more nugget on Johnson, who wears number one. I think it's important to give the jersey numbers for for some of these new players. He was talking about he's particularly good at, you know, running after the catch and even just that first quick move. And it seems like there should be a tackle right, right at the point of catch and he shakes that initial defender. And he was saying he's, it comes from his basketball background. You know, he played, he played in the post because he's one of the taller guys. And, um, you know, even, even emulating, you know, old school basketball stars like Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, you know, known for that dream shake, you know, he gets the ball and, that, and that's kind of his instinct. He feels like when he catches a pass, it's like he's receiving a, the ball in the post in basketball and he, he turns and he can just, you know, shift with the shoulders and, and make that turn. So that's something to watch out for Michigan has been generally pretty pretty good tackling team uh all year but yeah as we as we said you know the the pass rush can negate that and Michigan should be better in that regard than it's been even the last few weeks uh because of the expected return of a of a fully healthy Mike Morris Aaron I know you talked to him
0: yeah yeah he uh he says he's closer to 100% i think he put it more in the 90 95% range uh he did reveal that it was a high ankle sprain he was battling uh, he suffered it in the, uh, the the win over Nebraska, which basically sidelined him for the mo- most of the remainder of the season. He didn't play against Illinois, uh, he didn't play in the Big Ten championship game. He, he obviously tried to give it a go against Ohio State, played I think eleven snaps, but he quickly realized he just wasn't going to really help the team much. So uh, he's now had you know a good three four weeks off to kind of heal and get back to you know closer to to hundred percent. And that's the thing with these high ankle sprains; it's difficult sometimes to come back, especially if you're constantly on it and wearing on it so i i think it sounds like he's 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 preparing to play uh he's going to play um and if he's if he's as good as he says he is um i, I think he's he's gonna help michigan i mean he's their, obviously their sack leader he's named big 10 defensive lineman of the year so he he certainly gives them uh you know another another weapon and as you guys mentioned you know i think getting the quarterback and, and disrupting max duggins uh momentum and his, his demeanor and just you know his comfortability in the pocket mm-hmm. i think is gonna make a difference um, you know, when, when a quarterback quarterback is successful, when the pocket's clean, he can do what he wants, he can move as as he wants, and that's where Duggan's strength is. Like when he's escaping the pocket or, or on the run or whatever the case may be. So it's in Michigan's best interest to get you know get to him as quickly as possible. And having uh, having Mike Morris certainly helps.
1: Another guy that's part of that that pass rush and just Michigan's you know defense uh, in general is starting nose tackle Mazi Smith uh player that you know was able we talked to him today for the first time um you know since his his arrest um yeah Aaron I know you you wrote a story that uh, on that as well kind of what's the latest with with smith
0: Yeah I mean he was very uh remorseful I, mean, I think he he acknowledged that he made a mistake you know he said he's a young kid and he screwed up basically He was asked if he should have he felt like he should have been suspended he said no you know he he thought he was pretty honest and forthright through the entire thing um, if you read the police report, and we, and we have it on MLive.com in previous stories, but he was very cooperative with the police during the whole thing. Um, he said he told Jim Harbaugh right up front what happened, all the facts. Um, it seemed to corroborate what Jim said You know, uh, a few weeks ago when he was asked about the situation. So um, I think Mazi's trying to move past it. I think um, he he realized he screwed up, and I, I think he he was very thankful for Jim Harbaugh. You know, I asked him uh, you know, straight up what that meant to him to have his coach have his back, and to not really level levy any penalties or the case may be. And he said, that was one of the reasons why he came to Michigan. Um, he, he felt like he feels like Jim Harbaugh has his players back. I mean, if, if he feels like they genuinely made a mistake and it wasn't uh, a serious incident that he's, he's going to have, he's going to you know defend them. And he has. Uh, so Mozzie is going to play. Uh, there's, there's been no, you know, no issue. Um, and, and as we've reported, I mean, the, the charge has been dropped to a misdemeanor under a, a plea deal. Um, he's sent to be sentenced um, January 12th. So a little bit time there, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to move past it. Uh, you know, kudos to him. Uh, it, like you said, the first time we kind of heard from him since the incident um, that we were expected to talk to him this week anyway, but he did come out. He he took, I'd say seven or eight minutes worth of questions one after another about the whole thing. He answered them straight up and, you know, you know, to his credit, uh, you know, he, he did his best. I think to do it. Uh, last thing
1: for you guys here, I'm not going to ask for a prediction yet on this game. It's only Wednesday, but we've now talked to um, you know offensive and defensive players, the key the key players from both sides. You know the coordinators. We've already heard from the head coaches to a certain extent. Like as we as we do move closer to this game, you got a better feel for maybe how this will go or what's going to swing this game. I, I what I always find fascinating about these games, like, is the with with so much time you know built up like you can kind of swing as far as what you think, you know, you, you have your initial assumption, you know, that's maybe just based on what that point spread is to start. And then you learn more about the team you didn't know about and you start seeing how dangerous they might be. But then you're reminded that, you know, the team you cover is pretty darn good too. And it's just like trying to settle on how this thing might go. Where are you guys at right now here on, on, you know, late, late Wednesday night, um, you know, just a few days from kickoff.
0: My mind hasn't changed. Uh, I, you know, you, I think you can go through all the interviews you want, like you said. Um, I, I still think Michigan has the matchup advantage, your schematic advantage, talent advantage, um, and, and given everything that we know about TCU and what they've told us, um, you know, they do seem like a, a confident group. They got down here early. It sounds like they got sounds sounds like they got the fun out of the way early in the first couple of days, and, and they are treating this like a business trip, and that's fine. You can say that, um, but you know, whether that that season that they've had can translate to the to the quote-unquote national level and and not and you know knock off a team that's really shown no chinks in the armor i mean michigan you could criticize different things about this michigan team but man i mean they they done done against some of the, the best in the country theoretically so and, and look tcu is i you gotta give them credit you know they, they didn't win their big 10 big 12 championship game but they still won 12 games uh very talented team they got a lot of guys there um so I, I have no change I, I still think Michigan has the advantage I think they eventually run away with this game uh because of their their beefy up you know physical front on both sides of the ball and the running game I think is going to make the difference
1: yeah all that all that I just said about going back and forth and the waffling that that just applies to me to be clear that's how I that's how I treat these games but uh Zook what, what are you thinking here Wednesday night
2: yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that TCU might be able to score some points and, and put some points on the board, but I, I just don't expect this TCU defense to really contain Michigan much at all. I, I think Michigan, I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring game. Um, but yeah, in the end, I, I, I do, I am pretty confident that Michigan is going to win. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully I'll have my prediction. Done here by tomorrow morning, and 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 lock that in, and hopefully you guys do too, and send them yeah. over to me so we can get them up at mLive.com for our readers to uh, to see before the game. Yeah,
1: it'll, it'll be it's 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 interesting these playoff games. I'm going to go and review them before I make my official pick to to confirm. I just feel like they have not the semifinals have generally been pretty lopsided, like, and there's no reason. To think that that should affect any one particular game in the next year. But I don't know. It speaks to maybe just a general trend of only having two good teams year in and year out, or some years only one. I mean, this would be a year where, you know, uh, no one would have really complained if it was the old BCS model and you only had two teams because it would have been pretty clear who those two teams should be. But yeah, that's, we'll, we'll see how that, how that factors into these, these semifinal games uh, on Saturday.
0: I tend to lean what Zook was talking about, the high scoring. I, I tend to agree with that. I, I do think TCU, and I think I've said this in previous pods, or at least you guys maybe privately, but I, I, I do think TCU is going to be able to move the football early. I mean, we've seen it happen against other opponents. You know, Ohio State was able to score early and pull up some yards. Same thing with Purdue. It, it seems like game after game, this Michigan defense kind of buckles down and they, they turn on the, the kind of Jets in the second half and distance themselves. And I, I kind of expect that similar situation i mean there's been nothing to change my mind uh max duggan's a great story i mean they got a great offense they got some great playmakers speedy playmakers but it's not like michigan hasn't played talent like this before this year so they have been tested i mean so right. th- there there is a blueprint there for for a victory and i, I think right now certainly, it certainly it certainly favors michigan
2: the, the way tcu wins this game is is those Red zone and scoring opportunities that opponents have had on Michigan this year. If TCU turns those into touchdowns, it completely changes the the potential of this game. I mean, if if Purdue punches it in there a couple times in the in the first half instead of selling it for field goals, maybe maybe that game's closer in the second half. If Ohio, I mean Ohio State was in control for the first part of that game, and then Michigan hits a couple of big plays uh, at the end of the first half and carries that momentum in the second half, so. It, it, Michigan has been able to ride a lot of momentum uh, so far this year, and if TCU can maybe swing that a little bit early and, and carry that into the second half, maybe things will be different. But like like you've said, there we haven't seen anything from Michigan to think otherwise at this point. I mean, they're thirteen and zero for a reason, and and they've been pretty dominant for most of the year, especially in the second half. We'll, we'll have our full previews
1: coming up on MLive.com slash Wolverines, but tomorrow is media day it's going to be the entire rosters from both teams uh you know a chance for us to talk to michigan players that we haven't talked to in some cases ever but you know in in a, in a long time or all season in others and um yeah just get hopefully hopefully get a lot of good stuff for you for your readers and listeners so please stay tuned 10live.com slash wolverines and thank you for listening